Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In this world, there are more stories than pumpkins on Halloween. Some are carved, some are lumpy, some get smashed by vandals. But they're all worth putting a candle inside. So open your pumpkin's mouth wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories, Episode 4, A Game of Cat and Clown, Part 1. Agent Samara Javadi had been assigned to the Clown Division of the Bureau for five months. Since clowning was made illegal by the Defense Against Clown Act, the funny men were a constant target. Some clowning groups went underground. Some of the more artsy types crossed into Canada and set up expat tumbling clubs. They helped others get across the border. They called it the Underclown Clown Road, which was clunky and borderline offensive. But clowns love being offensive. At least that's how Agent Javadi saw it. It was late, and she was reading over some files on a clown cell active near Little Crimea Town. That neighborhood used to be rough. But in the past couple years, gentrification had taken over. An odd place for a bunch of rogue clowns. Unless. She got to her feet and headed down to the archives floor. Mitch was behind the desk. I need you to pull a file, she said. Mitch groaned. He complained that it was after hours. Samara said if they just digitized them, she'd do it herself. Mitch pushed the glasses up his nose. Please, you think they'd pay for that? Besides, you can't hack paper. I bet the Bazamians could, she replied. That's the CIA's problem. So what do you want? Gigglepuss. Mitch let out a defeated sigh. This again? Dr. Gigglepuss is the highest profile clown doctor still at large. She has a small fortune and she's been funneling it through all sorts of fronts. She's probably dead, Mitch countered. Gigglepuss is your white whale, but you know what happened to Ahab in the end, don't you? I prefer Hafez to Melville. Samara leaned on the desk. She smiled. Come on, Mitch. Be a pal. Do your job. Mitch grumbled and went to the back room. But he had a point. She'd been after Gigglepuss for a while. Samara believed she almost had the good doctor cornered near the Great Falls, but Gigglepuss managed to slip through the cracks. Some at the Bureau thought Gigglepuss wasn't even alive and that a group used the name interchangeably. Some argued that she was made up out of whole cloth to scare kids like the werebear or Hoagie Hogan, the submarine killer. But she knew better. Dr. Gigglepuss was real. The very idea that they used to let clowns be doctors and dance and cheer up children sent a shiver down her spine. The naivety of a simple age. Luckily, those red-nosed horn honkers were being hunted down. Mitch returned with the file. How many times have you read this, Samara? What do you expect to find? She wasn't sure herself, but she had a hunch. Little Crimea Town was the key. Somehow, Gigglepuss had found herself a safe house there. 
She took the file to her desk. She'd read it all before, but she decided to reread the bio again, just in case. Dr. Ha-Ha Hester Gigglepuss was born Hester Greenblatt and got her degree from Johns Hopkins and seemed to be on track to be just a normal doctor until something happened. All of a sudden, she spent all her time visiting the Bamboo Family Circus, which had set up a tent behind the Costco in Silver Springs. She met funny folk who indoctrinated her into the world of clowning. From there, she worked at St. Jude's, probably to start turning kids toward buffoonery, they're so susceptible at that age, and was eventually let go when the first anti-clown protest began. She was arrested while protesting outside Blackgate Prison on the night Clowny Brown was executed. Takes a real messed up head to support that guy, Samara thought. Gigglepuss then went underground. She was believed to have joined the Painted Panthers Party and the Marceau Liberation Army. The MLA robbed a bank in Perth Amboy and set fire to the Funco Rubber Chicken Factory. Huh, Samara thought. Why would clowns firebomb a rubber chicken factory? She never considered it before. Strange. But the biggest moment for the MLA was when they tried to assassinate Senator McMenamin with an improvised explosive. She looked over the blast photos. Shrapnel and whipped cream tore up his office. Luckily, he wasn't in his office when the bomb went off. She noticed something in the photos. She ran back down to the archives floor. Mitch saw her coming and put down his crossword puzzle. What now? he moaned. Where's the evidence from the McMenamin bombing? The pie scraps? Mitch grimaced. Come on, Sam, you're driving me crazy. Tell me and I'll buy you the stubby's breakfast sub of your choice. Mitch considered it. Even the clubfoot sunshine sub? I'll even double the cheese and you know it's extra, Samara replied. Mitch searched the database. It's down in the museum on level one. The secret museum? Damn, it's closed. Yeah, but I have the key, Mitch said. Few people know that the FBI has a secret museum. Or that it also has a gift shop, but since everything is classified, the gift shop only prints receipts and code. Keeps the visitors' names a secret, but it makes returns and exchanges damn near impossible. Samara learned that firsthand one bitter post-Christmas day. But the gift shop was not Samara or Mitch's concern that night as they walked through the darkened museum. It was a treasure trove of FBI artifacts. Dillinger's mustache. The Unabomber's manifesto. The hat worn by the pumpkin that wouldn't die. But eventually, they came to a small case with delicately arranged shrapnel. Mitch found the light switch for the case and flicked it on. Samara scanned the pieces. She tapped on the glass. Right there, she said. She pointed to an odd bit of yellow plastic-looking debris. It had little bumps on it. Mitch gave it a look. So? That there, Mitch, is a piece of rubber chicken. The rubber chicken factory fire was a cover! They were working out of it! A secret burned-out base, and it was in use for who knows how long! But that burn blight didn't last long in the new and upcoming neighborhood. Recently, that same factory had been turned into the Funco Promenade, an upscale shopping gallery right in the heart of little Crimea town. In fact, it was the centerpiece of the town council's revitalization project. Perhaps, Samara thought, Dr. Gigglepuss was still using some part of the old factory. A cruel worm in the warm heart of consummate consumerist America. Those fight-wicked things. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. 
Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash to book. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. The next day, Samara went down to the Funko Promenade and met with the general manager of the space. The manager's heels clicked on the concrete floor as she gave Samara a tour. As you can see, we kept as much of the shell of the factory as possible. It gives it a nice industrial vibe. Here was the head processing center. Now it's a gourmet cheese shop. Over here is the design studio for Betsy Glow. Samara kept her eyes on the corners and walls as the tour continued. They ended the tour at the luxury Christian tea shop, Stigmacha. What about the basement, Samara asked. There's no basement. It's solid cement all the way down, the manager replied. Samara narrowed her eyes. She'd seen the blueprints, but she decided to play it cool for the moment. You know, I want to thank you for touring me around and buy you a coffee. The general manager demurred, but Samara insisted. And finally, the manager relented and sat at a small table at the thermos and pie coffee shop, which was built in the old rubberizing furnace. Samara ordered two coffees and then a small whipped cream pie. She put the coffees down and then placed the small pie on the table. The general manager looked at the pie and then up at Samara. You like pie? Samara asked. Um, I guess, the manager replied. Why don't you pick it up? It's quite light. Samara said, pushing the pie toward the general manager. The general manager took a sharp intake of breath. Sweat started to form on her brow. I'm good. They stared at each other. The little pie between them. Go on. Give it a touch. Don't you just want to throw it? What? Why would I want to? I don't know, Samara said. I've known certain types who have an uncontrollable urge to toss a pie. I'm not. Not me, the manager stammered. What if I said I was a wealthy, uptight dowager? Oh, I never. This is all simply too much. Why are you doing this, the manager said. She was now holding the pie in her hand, her hand trembling. Because I hate clowns. It's not what, it's not, the manager trailed off. She started to giggle as a large smile took over her face. You're going to have to come with me. I'm going... <coughs> Samara was cut off by the pie splatting in her face. The manager let out a goofy laugh and ran off. I should have seen that coming. Samara wiped the cream off her face, hopped to her feet, and drew her weapon. Funny business is over. With that, she took off after the general manager. Brushtown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Riglieri. Samara Javadi is me, Melissa Lusk. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out more about moles underground in their holes. Be sure to call ahead. Moles are like people in that way. They want to know when company's coming over. They're also like people in the way they use forks, but then that's it. Moles are weird, man. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.